Welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico, he is Big Chris Newton, and we come at you every week talking Buffalo Bills, the latest, the greatest, the uh, happenings, the goings-on. We've got it all here for you. Big Newt, now that we're talking to each other every week, that can only mean one thing. The regular season is close. And we have a 53-man roster we need to project. How are you doing, buddy? I'm awesome, man. It's game week. We got real football this week. Uh, Saturday, 4 o'clock, NFL Network. We'll be taking on the Indianapolis Colts. I'm looking forward to it, man. I I love it. I I mean, a lot of people don't really get a lot out of uh, preseason. And I do. I want to see us run out there in our uniforms. I want to see the fans out there. So I'm excited, man. I'm glad we're going to see Buffalo Bills this week. I actually like the first preseason game. I I know that the second half is going to be sloppy as all get out, but it really, to me, it's, it's the greatest underdog story that there is because inevitably there's going to be somebody out there that's going to play well above expectations and maybe with such a great performance, they might play their way onto the 53 men roster. And I know that's, that's really kind of the, the human perspective that, that I go into it with. And I don't want it to be lost that you've lived that you've been the guy trying to make the roster. Yeah. Correct. Make- Make a roster, yeah, not an NFL roster, but yeah, the arena football, yes, I did. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you try to outperform guys is there, try to take spots is very limited. For the younger guys, at least you have an option to go into the uh, the practice squad and still being around. So it's just, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where they're flying you back home and coach telling you, hey, turning your playbook and, it's like you practice, and then next thing you know, by the time you go downstairs to get your stuff, your locker already cleared, man. Like, oh, it's that fast? <laughs> it's that fast, bro. Oh, you never want that call. Hey, you know, hey, Newt, go ahead and send you come up here and see coach and bring your playbook. So you always know what that conversation is going to be. So, oh, man, is there ever a time they say, come see coach and bring your playbook, and it's not to get cut or traded? Mm-hmm. Not that I've seen, no. And they're never always very nice about it. You know, say, hey, is there anything we could do? I think you could play in this league. And if there's things we could do to help you, you know, they make you feel good. But like you said, you know what it is. By the time you go back downstairs, your locker cleared, your name ain't on the, your name is the name tag's gone. It's already for somebody else. So you know what it is. Oh, that's got to be a lonely feeling. Yeah, man. But I mean, it's part of the business, man. That's what you sign up for, man. You know, it's only limited spots. Of playing professional football, so I mean, it's very highly competitive. So I've never made a team, period. So I, my experience with it is as a child, and it's sort of like, oh well, you know, you you know, you take your bumps and bruises as a kid, but it's got to be different when you're trying to make a career out of it. It very much so. I mean, you know, once again, the disappointment is still there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're talking about what you feel like is your livelihood. And also, when you're a child, you've only been doing this for a limited number of years. Where right. when you make a professional team, that's pretty much your whole life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, you've been doing this your whole life. So, 
I tell everybody all the time, like we probably need people in university settings to to help people adjust to life after sports. You know, it's oh, like it's like yeah. your senior year of college, you're 21 years old. Your senior year, you've been playing football probably since you've been five or six years old. And so now your last game, if you don't make it pro, it's like, okay, I graduate. Now it's time to get a job. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it feels weird. You know, it felt weird for me even when my senior year and then that, that January, February, March, when they went out there for spring ball and training, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just trying to graduate. And so it's weird. It's like an empty kind of feeling, kind of. So. Well, I remember that after retirement, Thurman Thomas ended up dealing with alcoholism. And mm-hmm. in an interview, he basically stated that it was because he didn't have football anymore. He yeah. said the, the adjustment was just way too much for him. And he started drinking. He started drinking a lot. But it's because, like you said, he realized eventually that he didn't have the skills to survive post football. Um, Not that he needed it. He was already rich by that point. So, you know, career wasn't necessarily the thing, but he was important, you know, before. And I'm, hold on. Let's talk about that real quick to interject. A lot of people mistakenly think it's about money And, and, and it's not about money. You know what I'm saying? Once again, it's more about this is what I've did. And we're talking about Thurman. So you mean you've been playing at a very high level for a long, like most of your life. And so now that once again, Father Time is undefeated. Eventually right. you know, your skills are going to diminish and they're going to shuffle you out. And so I I, I would imagine for him, like, yeah, for, for Chris Newton, it's like, I'm just trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? But for him, he's been at the top the whole time. And then once your skills diminish, now you're just like, we're out, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard It's hard for people to make that adjustment. You know, some people, mm-hmm. you know, they refer to drugs. They, they turn to alcoholism. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to figure out what you want to do. And that's why I'm like now with social media, a lot of the former players are starting to go into media. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can still stay around the game. A lot of people go into coaching. Um, you know what I'm saying? So... I, I just think it's one of those things where you got to find and, – and to tell you the truth, let me get a parallel to regular life. Okay. Right? So I don't want to give him no name. So, all right. So we were uh, we were at Georgetown on a visit last week for Simone, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously my wife used to work at Georgetown, so she know everybody. And so we were talking to one of the, uh, her former coworkers, and she's ready to retire. And she was like, well, I got to find something else to do, man, because I don't want to go home to my husband because I go home to my husband. I think we're going to get a divorce. (laughs) And she was serious. And it's like, because you just think, like, it works because he works, I work. But if we're just sitting at home now, it ain't about money. They done made plenty of money. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like, if I don't find anything to do in my time, we're going to wind up killing each other. And so, yeah. and so psychologically, I mean, that is a thing, man. Like divorce rates go up. Imagine um, uh, the last couple of years with the pandemic. I know mm-hmm. a bunch of people that realize, hey, I really don't like my wife. And I really don't like being around my kids all the time because we had to be indoors. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but for me and my wife, I mean, my wife works from home now. We get a lot. I spend a lot of time with my kids. So it was no different for us. You know what I'm saying? I don't do a whole lot anyway, but just imagine people who are used to going bowling or playing cards on the weekends or going out drinking with the fellas. You don't have that anymore. 
So now it's like, dang, how do I adjust to that? And now everything, you get irritable, now you're mean, now you all are arguing. So all those things apply, you know what I'm saying? Not just mm-hmm. as professional athletes, but just the regular people too. So I think all of us can have kind of empathy for that, you know what I'm saying? Because we can all deal with those things. Yes. So I think all of this is to say we're not tap dancing on anybody's uh, pink slip. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But that said, you know, the teams are required to bring in 98 players in a training camp. They have to cut that down to 53. And there are players that, uh, you know, they may not have ever had a real opportunity to make the squad. And there are others that have really high expectations attached to them. Well, we're going to break that down uh, going forward in this podcast. And we're going to do our best to predict who's going to make the uh, final 53. This is barring injury, mind you. It's interesting because this is not the Chan Gailey years where every position is up for for competition. The Bills are pretty set when it comes when it comes to this time of year as far as what the starting lineup is going to be and even what the depth is going to look like. And I think that that makes it kind of fun because we're going to be able to race through this fairly quickly without a lot of explanation. And that's what I'm saying. It's pretty much a given, but we'll we'll toy with it at this point. But, yeah, I, I think, once again, the depth chart came out for this week because we got a game. and It's only really, I would say, two surprises on there. So we're going to get into it. Let's do it. And let's start on the offense. And let's start with the most important position on the field, the quarterback. So we do we think Josh Allen's going to make the team? Josh Allen's going to get cut. He sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. He seems like <laughs> such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Case Keenum was just traded for as the backup. So the question is, does Matt Barkley make the active roster as the, the third stringer? I don't think so. No, nah, I don't think so. Okay. I, I think he ends up on the practice squad. Right. Um, it's. I, I think that they're going to use it, use that position sort of the same way they used Jake Fromm last year, and yeah. you know he's he's on the squad. They they keep him nearby, but you know Matt Barkley was brought in merely because he and Josh Allen are buddies. And 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 I love him on Twitter. He loves Buffalo. He waves the he waves the rain jacking around and towels and stuff. He he's a he's a program guy, and and, and it's a space for him. So I I'm glad we brought him back. Um, and it's funny, man. Once again, I'm a Notre Dame fan. He went to SC. There's no way I would have thought that Matt Barkley would be a guy that's in and out the league. That's I. I mean, I'm not a scout. Obviously, I will tell you in a minute when I'm wrong. I would have swore about Matt Barkley coming out of college. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I think a lot of people thought wrong. he was going to be good. I'm sorry. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be good. Yeah, okay, I, I'm not too embarrassed there, but yeah, I, I would have swore about Matt Barkley. I just knew he had the talent. Coming out of SC, the coaching, the pedigree—I I just would have thought that to see him fight for third string reps, man, I, I was wrong. I'll tell the truth, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, it's okay; it happens, buddy. So let's move to running back. All right. So Devin Singletary finished the year as the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a draft pick in there, James Cook. He probably makes it. Another third rounder, Zach Moss. Does he make it? Yes. 
if you look at the uh if you look at the depth chart, they have Zach Moss and Singletary as co-starters. And so that's one of the surprises I thought. I, I would have thought that James Cook, the way they're saying they, how explosive he's been looking in practice the first couple of weeks, then he would have supplanted Zach Moss there. Maybe it's one of those things where Zach Moss, we're going to give you one last opportunity. Uh, but, yeah, they got Singletary and Moss as co-starters. So um, I feel like he's going to make the team. Uh, so you got Singletary, Moss, Cook. What about Taiwan Jones? Okay, so I think that they're going to do a little um, – I think that they're going to do their little game. He's a vested veteran, which means that he's not subjected to waivers if he gets cut. I'm willing to bet that he is on the team week one, but he doesn't make it out of camp. What they're going to do is they're going to cut him so they can sneak a an injured player onto the IR and then re-sign Taiwan Jones the next day. So it's, you, you're talking about the uh, parking lot contracts. The parking lot stay, contract, yeah. We stay in the parking lot. Don't go nowhere. Don't go to those cities. You just stay in the parking lot. We're gonna we're gonna take care of you tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Reggie Gilliam just signed. Uh, yes. A two year extension. So I think that means he's definitely on the team. Well, hold on now. That's fullback. Let's finish running backs. What about Duke Johnson? No. Okay. So, so you're just saying we're going to keep four of you? Yeah, I think I think they keep three guys like they have in the past. Two of them. Well, this year they'll probably have three active running backs, um, plus Taiwan Jones on top of it. So then, what you're saying is it'll be Singletary, yep. Jones, and either Cook or Moss active. I'm thinking that's probably going to be the case. That's how they've done it last year. But I wouldn't be shocked if they had all three of them active. What it comes down to is who's going to offer something on special teams. And that's what I'm about to say. Taiwan Jones is going to be active because of special teams. Yep. So it'll be all four of them then, hopefully. Yeah. Not including Reggie Gilly. I hope there's a need to have all four of them active. I, I do, too. I want to see all four. I do too. Okay. Yeah. And then Reggie Gillen, like you said, got the extension this week, two years, so he'll be there. Okay. Yep. Wide receivers. Wide receivers. Oh, okay. Yes. So let's let's talk about the the people that are slam dunks. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir. Mm-hmm. Absolute slam dunks. Jamison Crowder has a guaranteed contract. He's on the team. Hmm. So that leaves one slot. If you are going to say they're going with six or two slots, if they go with seven receivers. So now we're looking at Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, Tavon Austin, Tanner Gentry, and Neil Pau. And what's what's curious about this is Austin is fourth string on the depth chart, but he's number one in punt returns. Mm-hmm. Okay, so would you say that he's automatically going to get that? That's what that's what I understand. Like, I don't think he's automatic, but okay. I like his chances of making the team as a punt returner. Okay, and then what do you think about Jake Comero? Special teamer. They seem yeah. to love him. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But if you only got two spots, Hodges, Stevenson, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, especially because in my mind, I was thinking that we might get rid of Crowder, but if he has a guaranteed contract, then that might make it a little different. I don't know if we're going to eat that money. Yeah, no way they eat that money. Because I was looking like, okay, they they Isaiah McKenzie has been looking very good in practice from what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. So for them to put Crowder in second string, I'm like, oh, maybe that means something. But will they eat the money? I think Marquez Stevenson – was on the bubble to begin with, and now that he's injured, he probably doesn't make the roster. Okay. We're hearing about Isaiah Hodgins playing really well over the past few years, and I would love a dude with that kind of hype to be on the roster. I just don't know. I just don't know that there's enough footballs to go around. Okay. And I think you go with the return guy here. Which is Austin. Okay. Yeah. And then Jake Kumaro? I think he makes it is wide out number seven. Okay. Yeah, they seem to like him, so. Yeah. yeah. They like their special teams guys. Yeah. So yeah. now we go to tight end. Dawson Knox, of course. O.J. Howard, he makes it. Yep. But now you've got three guys vying for potentially that third spot. And it's not even a given that the Bills are going to have three active tight ends on the roster. So they may be competing with people at a different position. Mm-hmm. So does anybody bubble to the surface of the Tommy Sweeney, Quentin Morris, Jalen Wittermeyer group? I just figured that Sweeney, get, they're going to give him another opportunity. You think uh, so? Like we talked about last week, Dawson Knox saying that they've been going a lot of two tight end, three tight end sets. Uh-huh. Uh, I think right now, if you had to make a bet, well, even on the depth chart, it would, Sweeney would be that guy. Um, okay. So I haven't heard any, too much about Quentin Morris or Wintermeyer, so I would just go with Sweeney. I think we're going to go with three. Okay. Active game day, so. I think that's I, I think that's probably right. All right. So the offensive line, how do you want to break this down, buddy? Do you want to go by position or just the whole group? We could just go the whole group, man, because like I said, I think it's I mean the only surprise there is Quizenberry over Spencer Brown on the depth chart. Uh Spencer Brown finished the season as a starter. At right tackle, so uh, free agent David Quisenberry has supplanted him at that spot as a starter. So, uh, and that may be due to injury. That that could be true. Yeah, because uh, Spencer Brown is really just working his way back. But the offensive line that I think we expect going into Week One is Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morris, Ryan Bates, Spencer Brown. That's from left to right. Uh, Questenberry, I think, is going to be the the top reserve at tackle. Mm, okay, all right. Yeah, but he's right now. Okay, all right. A little hot take. Yeah, yeah. I think he beats out Tommy Doyle for that spot. Um, and then we're looking at only a couple other positions available. I think Greg Mance and Luke Tenuta make it because. Bills love keeping their uh, their draft picks. Tenuta was a pick, and Greg Mance can give you uh, can give you reps at center. And of these folks, 
Cody Ford, I don't think makes the team this year. That's what I was about to say, man. What Cody Ford? They're saying that he still isn't looking the part, dude. So is this going to be the time we go ahead and get rid of him? We give up on the Cody Ford uh, project? I see that the reason for keeping him might be that he's on a cost-controlled contract, but I don't think it saves you enough money over a, a street free agent or a draft pick. You know, if, if it's a lower draft pick, you actually save money on, on the deal. So, yeah, I, I think that he's playing himself off the roster this year. And also, his style doesn't suit what the Bills are doing. They're going to his own scheme, and he's a power blocker. It's just he's he's the wrong fit for this team. Okay. So, Cody Ford's out. So, what about Ike Buckinger? Uh, he's injured. So he's on the uh, physically unable to perform list. Uh, he ends up on the team eventually, but he's not going to be able to play. He probably begins the season on IR. Okay. But, yeah, he, he makes the team. I'm not going to be sad to see Bobby Hart cut. <laughs> right. So now you got ten. you got ten linemen making it? No, I have nine. Nine. So the starting five, and, it, and going back to uh, Roger Saffold, man, it was good to see him out on the field, mm -hmm. um, getting back out there. You know, that was wonderful the other day because he's been out. All right. So you got the starting five, and you got Spencer Brown in there in the starting five, along with Quisenberry, Greg, yep. uh, Ike Buttinger, Tommy Doyle. But then you also said Tanner only. So that's why I counted 10. No, I said Luke Tenuto. Um, oh, okay. I, I've got the starting five plus Questenberry, Doyle, Greg Mance, and Tenuto. Uh, Ike Butker starts the season on the IR. IR. Okay, gotcha. That's the one I was going to. All right. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, we All were right. just zooming through this like we thought we would. <laughs> I, I think uh, now if we switch over to Edge Rusher. That's the thing about having a good team, man. It makes it easy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't have to argue about guys like Mike Love, who <laughs> not only might they make the team, they might end up being a starter right. um, midway through the season because we he's probably one of the cuts for the edge rusher position, and there's five guys, and it's pretty much automatic, the, the five that are going to be there, wouldn't you say? Uh, I think so. Let's see here. I think so. You got uh, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, all right, Von Miller, AJ Epinesa, who was surprisingly number two on the depth chart in front of Shaq Lawson. Mm -hmm. All right, so I would probably say it'll be those five. So I, I, I agree. I Mike Love would probably get left out in the cold. So I agree. Yeah, Mike Love is going to find his way back on the practice squad like he does every year. He's he's one of those, in baseball, he would be one of those quadruple A players. He's too good for triple A, but not quite good enough for the majors. Nice analogy. I like that. Okay. Thanks. AJ Epinesa, I think this is going to be his last chance. I think you yeah. might be looking at him like you look at Cody Ford. They're going to give him every opportunity to succeed once again in second-round pick, but... I mean, do you think A.J. Epines is better than Shaq Lawson right now? Well, I, I think he might be. Really? Yeah, Shaq Lawson is 
falling down the depth chart right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, is he falling down the depth chart because of play, or is it because we want to give AJ Epinesa opportunity? Like you, you, Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa were second round picks, right. so they're going to get the opportunity. Plus, they're you know on rookie contracts, right? So Shaq Lawson, could we let him go for cost control? Potentially, you could let Shaq Lawson go, though he's only signed to a veteran minimum contract. I don't think he even counts against the 53. Okay. Or the top 50 contracts, I should say. That's a good question. I think they're going to want to have the depth on the roster. I I think you probably want to go in with more than five edge rushers, but these guys are also going to have to contribute on special teams. Right. Of course. Right. So... I don't know the way it's going right now. I could see Shaq Lawson being uh, a game day scratch inactive. Mm-hmm. Just going for. Yeah. And they can move guys around too. So when you look at the deep tackle position, mm-hmm. obviously Ed Oliver is there. Uh, Daquan Jones is going to be the starter. Their backup is going to be Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle. Yep. All right. So do you think anybody makes it past them? I don't think so, but I think Eli Anku and Brandon Bryant make a I, – I think they make a strong case to make the team, but they just can't make it over the other guys. I, yeah. I hope that they end up on the practice squad and don't end up being put on somebody else's active roster. Right. But, yeah, I, defensive tackles 100% set with the four that you named. I agree. Right. Now, linebacker, we could have a little little more competition. It Tr- is. Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are starters. Mm-hmm. Now, Terrell Dodson was penciled in as the top backup originally, but it sounds like rookie draft pick Terrell Bernard is playing really well in coverage. Mm-hmm. You've got Tyler Medikavich, who's going to make the team as a special teamer. But he's third string and been a linebacker. But he's third string, right. So you've got two guys that need to make it. You've got the two that I mentioned, Terrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard. You have the suspended Andre Smith, and then also Joe Giles-Harris, veteran Markel Lee, and a seventh-round pick, Balin Spector. They've added some competition this year. Yeah. Yeah. They did, man. We're deep there, so. So how many do you think they keep, and who do you think ends up on the roster? I think they're going to keep – because what, what those are rich in the fact that Andre Smith is going to be suspended the first half, so we got to see what the Spectres and Tyler Medikavich is going to do in his absence in that backup role, and the fact that we go a lot of nickel anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that third uh, weak side linebacker, is that really that important to keep three extra people? So with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, I could see us keeping six. Mm-hmm. When, four, five, six, maybe seven. And then that seventh person, we're looking at Tyler. So I'm going to just go with a high number. I'll say seven. Okay. I'm going with five. five. Okay. And my five are Edmonds, Milano, Medikevich, 
and Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson. And I'm going with Dodson and Bernard because I think that they offer you the most upside on special teams. Um, This is one of those positions where I needed to go with one fewer than I wanted to um, so we could sneak an extra tight end onto the roster. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And it, it pains me to cut folks at linebacker because these are normally your core special teamers. Mm-hmm. So I named off five. Who are the other two you have making the team? Matt Milano, Jermaine Edmonds, Tyrell Dodson, Andre Smith, Bernard, Giles, and Manikavich. Okay. So Andre Smith is injured or suspended. So he can't make the team out of camp per se. Well, that's why I was just—I mean, I'm counting him not getting cut. Oh, we, I gotcha. I gotcha. You see what I'm saying? That's, yes. that, I think that's why I counted seven. But you—I don't think you added him. So no, I, I didn't. Yeah, but like, yeah, I agree that he'll be there. We can't, we can't cut him. Right. Oh, so, uh, what, what a great way to make a team. I know, right? You back to us We can't we can't cut you, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's fluid. We'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah. Cornerback. Now, this is a position that seems to be creating a lot of havoc. And, and when I say havoc, I mean consternation amongst the coaches because boy, they're certainly not dominant, is the reports that that are coming out of of St. John Fisher. So, of course, Trey Davius White is going to make it. Taron Johnson is the most underrated player on the Bills roster. He makes it. Yes. Kyer Elam, first-round pick, he makes it. Dane Jackson, Saran Neal, I think they're both on the roster because Neal is a great special teamer. Dane Jackson started a bit last year. So that's five players. That's five. Bedford is going to make it. Bedford might be starting. Yeah, Benford is probably – yeah, he's going to make it that six. Does anybody else make it? If so, how many? I don't, I don't think so. It's not sounding good. Originally, I had Nick McLeod making it or maybe Elijah Griffin. Cam Lewis is a possibility. Um, they moved Nick McLeod. He's not even listed as cornerback anymore. They got him as a backup safety. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Okay, so Cam Lewis, Elijah Griffin, Tim Harris. I, I think if they're going to keep seven, those are the guys competing for it. Trayvon Fuller and Jamarcus Ingram are just camp bodies. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think anybody else makes it. Me neither. So I'm going with those six. And then the other guys, practice squad guys. Mm-hmm. They do have guys, again, more quad A guys. Uh, I'm interested to see how Elijah Griffin is going to develop because he seemed to be somebody that they liked, but he still needs to be good enough to get onto the roster. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, safety. We we know who's going to make the team. The question Mm -hmm. is, will they keep a fifth on the active roster? And now that's why I say no. Poirier, Hyde, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin. Josh Thomas doesn't make it? Mm, I don't see it. What if he balls out? 
we got to start crunching numbers, bro. Everybody ain't going to make it. See, you going back to your little league days, man. Everybody don't get a trophy. Everybody don't get to make the team. <laughs> Some people going to be Chris Newton's and get sent home. No, I'm just saying, I mean, we're we're digging in the weeds right now. I mean, they'll probably keep around for practice, practice squad, but I think this is where we can cut some of the fat off our 53-man roster projection. I think we just keep the four. Okay. Well, I went with one fewer uh, cornerbacks so I could keep one extra safety. Oh, isn't that so nice? And then that becomes now Nick McLeod versus Josh Thomas. I think I think they found last year that Josh Thomas can be stashed on the practice squad, and they're going to try to do that again. All right. And then Nick McLeod. I know they like him. Let's see if he improves. I don't know. And then we got the specialists. Of course, Tyler Bass and Reed Ferguson, the long snapper, make it. It comes down to the Matt versus Matt Pontapalooza. What do you think, buddy? Right now they got Hawk. They got Hawk against the the punt guy, and they got Hawk in the first, and then uh, Matt in as the backup. I don't know how that's gonna work. I'm that's why I'm very torn, per se. Well, you know what? The depth chart going into the first preseason game is as you like to say, is fluid at best. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Bills use a draft pick on a guy and then don't add him to the team when it comes to somebody who kicks. So Areza, he needs to learn how to get hang time. This dude is going to outkick his coverage and be the reason that there's some good returns against the Bills. But Matt Huck, that guy... Punts the ball short and frequently off the side of his foot, even mm. though he gets hang time. I'm going to go with the guy who's consistent. I think it's Eraser. But can he hold also, though? Sounds like it so far. Okay. Seems like a pretty good athlete. Anyway. Yeah. There you have it. There's our 53. Yeah, man. That was easy. It's too easy. And please get with us, man. If you have any questions, concerns, anything you want to add, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to have dialogue during the week. I got a couple questions for you. Yeah, bring it. You know, you know how I like my news and notes towards the end. All right. Do you want to see Josh Allen play this weekend? Mm, not really. Okay. No, not I, really. I was disappointed last week in the uh, Hall of Fame game or Raiders. I wanted to see uh, Trevor Lawrence. I wanted to see ATN. They didn't play. Uh, Carr and uh, Devontae Adams didn't play. So I was disappointed. I mean, do, I mean, can you give me a couple of plays? You know? No. I just want to see what it looks like. You know, maybe catch a ball or two and then you come out. I, I feel like my, my concern is – my, my concern is saving Josh Allen from himself. Like, I feel like the dude is going to tuck the ball and run and he's going to like, he's going to try to split two defenders and get hit. Mm -hmm. Like Josh, damn it. I, I love you. I love that you do this, 
but not in the preseason. <laughs> right, right. In a playoff game where everything's on the line, it's okay. okay. Right. No, I'll be okay if he doesn't play. I mean, would I like for him to get a series just to get out there and sling the ball around and just get introduced? It'll be fun, but you're right. I mean, if he doesn't play, I'm I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe the third game, but uh, maybe the third game, but I, I don't need him playing right now. Uh, this week on Twitter, man, there's been a lot of things going on. Uh, I had a feeling you were going to bring this up. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller are sharing love tweets this week. Um, OBJ asked Von Miller, was the locker next to him open? He was like, it's lit. It's ready for you. So <laughs> feel good. And then uh, yesterday, Von Miller tweeted out a number three Buffalo Bills uh, Beckham jersey. Now, isn't uh, Marquez Stevens number three? I think so. Ah, oh, Stevenson. Um, yeah, ouch if you're him. <laughs> like it's available. Von Miller already said it's available. Come on. Yeah. Um, something to keep in mind with OBJ, though, is he's probably not going to be ready to play again until December. Um. So I don't think that there's any rush in getting him on the roster, getting him signed. I, I don't think he'll even be willing to sign right. until down the road. And that's cool. Will had already won the AFC East. We'll be, you know, the number one seed, and he's going to give us a firepower heading into the playoffs, man. No problem. I, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Also on Twitter this week, man, it seems like a lot of former Bills is taking shots at us, man. Have you seen this stuff? <laughs> uh, Feliciano said that he was treated like, and I quote, a thorn in the heel during his time in Buffalo. And uh, Brian Dable has been loving on them and caring for them all in you know New York, playing for the football giants. Yep. Uh, sounds like a bitter dude, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, that's good, man. You, I'm glad that you're getting loves and hugs, and I'm glad that you're getting, you know, you know, all the beautiful things in life there. And hopefully that lets you sleep well at night while you catch those L's in New York. And then right after that came out, he sucker punched one of his teammates on the practice field. I saw that. I saw <laughs> that. How funny is that? And yeah. uh, also, your boy, your boy, Cole Beasley. My boy. Yo, boy. Wow. That was what messed up is your boy. That's what happens around my house. Everything that's messed up in, in our house is all Nuke's fault. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're yeah, just trying to spread the blame boy. here. Exactly, man. I catch the blame for everything around here. So, uh, why, why do you think that is? I don't know, man. I guess because I'm 400 pounds. They think all the cupcakes are going, oh, it must have been Nuke eating the cupcakes late at night. You know, and I'm like, I didn't eat the cupcakes. And then either Jalen Simona fess up to it. So, I don't know, man. I guess when it comes to Patriots, they just think the big guy is going to do it. Yeah, I, I guess I, I can see that. But at the same time, <laughs> I would feel like you're an authority figure. You're the one who casts the blame, not accepting <laughs> it. You, you are the patriarch of the Newton family. It, it is inappropriate. For you to get blamed for that. I didn't do it. It must have been dad. Meanwhile, Jalen's got frosting all over his face. 
and all over his face and fingers, man. <laughs> so Beasley said in an article this week that he will not regret leaving Buffalo. And so I'm like, well, this dude is still out in the wind for whatever reason. I don't know why, but. Well, probably because he's old and he wants to skip training camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you think he'll get signed in the next month? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think he will get signed, and, you know, he's not going to regret leaving. My first thought was, when I read his comments, is that maybe he's just a really strong Dable guy. Maybe he loves him some Brian Dable, but Dable's like, yeah, we're, we're a young team. We don't really have space for you, but he didn't want to play without Dabes. Maybe, maybe he doesn't love Ken Dorsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. But, but you... But I was going to say, I think we kind of found over the past year or so that uh, that Sean McDermott grinds on people. That could be part of it. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, I think this is what you thought I was going to start with. Bill's Mafia. I love you all. Mm. We all know that. But for the love of God... Don't throw solid objects at our QB1, man. Mm-hmm. So at the open practice Friday, 30 what? Like 35,000 people there. Okay. And so they're running through the tunnel and you see videos and TikToks of people throwing jerseys at Stefan Diggs. Now, like I said on Twitter, okay, I'm, I'm giving Bill's Mafia fans the benefit of the doubt. I get it. When you see a superstar, you kind of lose your mind. We've all done it. I've done it. Okay. Yes. When I met when I met Thurman Thomas, I tried to stop him, and then so I took a selfie with him, and he looks crazy. Like, why this dude touching me? You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh man, I apologize. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I got beside myself. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I got a selfie with him, but he got a face on it. Like, why is this dude like touching me? Why this big old dude grabbing me? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I understand that. We've all got beside ourselves, and it's like a moment, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get this close to this guy, all right? So it's a video of everybody throwing jerseys. Now, uh, Stefan Diggs, now I got to give you some advice. I know you want to show love to the fans, but once you stop and sign one, next thing you know, it's raining jerseys. And it was. I mean, it was just dropping all around him, and it's like, oh. Right. Dude. Once you stop and sign one, so then he stopped and sign one and he just drops it. And then next thing you know, his other jerseys up, so he starts signing them and he just drops it. And so I'm like, well, how are they gonna get their jerseys back? And who who's gonna how are you gonna know and be able to claim it to say that was yours? Yeah. So I would have loved to have been the security after that to see the aftermath. But uh yeah, so it was the jersey. One dude threw a football and he caught it and just dropped it. But then the next video is our QB1 throwing, going through the tunnel, and he was not stopping. And people was dropping jerseys, and somebody threw a football at him. Yeah, in the box, mind and, you. Yeah, in the box. And that pissed him off. He stopped, he turned around, and he pointed. He's like, hey, don't be doing that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But once again, once you see one player doing it, then you're thinking, oh, I could get away with this. And once again, we all get the same and do dumb stuff in, in the moment, like, oh, why did I just do that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're all, you know, susceptible to those things, I admit. 
But, dude, do not hit QB1 in the <laughs> gut with a football in a box, dude. Please don't do that. Yes. I, I'm so glad you talked about that. I, I hope that everybody in Bill's Mafia listens to our show, as always, but I especially hope that they all hear that part. <laughs> Man, so. Buddy, I think that's a wrap. I think so. 45 minutes is enough of my time, man, spending with you, man. Sure is. <laughs> so, yeah, before we go, man, RIP to the incomparable Olivia Newton-John, man. Yeah. She passed away this week, uh, 73 years young, man. And Olivia Newton-John, man, I think every kid that grew up in the 70s and 80s was young, you know, thought that Olivia Newton-John was the hot stuff, man. I had a thing for her. And oh, I guess so I like you. Yeah, I guess I liked her because she had my last name, so I always paid attention. But uh, Getting Physical was one of the hits of the early 80s. Used to dance around and jam, too. And Grease, one of the best movies of the 70s, man. Oh, absolutely. You know what's interesting about Grease is I remember my parents letting me watch it when I was in, like, first grade. And they let me stay up until the end. They let me stay up until 11 o'clock. And I'm like, why'd you let me stay up so late? And they're like, because we thought you would really like this movie. And I did. I loved it. And my cousin gave me the soundtrack. And then I hadn't seen it for many, many years. I see it as an adult and I'm like, oh my God, this is all sex. I had no idea when I was a kid. It went right above my head. But I'm like, that's all they're talking about, this entire movie. Mm-hmm. All innuendo. If not, if not just you know, directly talked about. Right. Boy, that Rizzo. Yeah. What a firecracker. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll see y'all next week, Bills Mafia, man. Enjoy the game this week. Hey, hey.